If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Calls Cloud Business Phone Service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk and education as we are preparing to ramp up our CNBU, conservative, not bitter talk, or I should say education series, your online source for conservative uh, online education, your a place where you can learn how to be a more effective conservative communicator, all kinds of tech stuff. Here we go, going on here behind the scenes this morning. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, you know, um, a little bit aggravated here in the final moments before we go live because I, I'm getting used to this program, this software that lets us stream, and I typed up a nice intro as to what we were going to be talking about today, and poof, vanishes mere seconds before the program is live, so... Anyway, good to be here. Thank you for joining us. Oh, my goodness. Lots and lots and lots of things to discuss here today. We've got more on Drew Brees, the NFL, NASCAR. We've got defunding police. We've got this this national conversation. Of course, we're revisiting the kneeling, um, kneeling during the national anthem, which Look, a couple of a couple of years ago, a couple of years ago, it was, um, you know, people were arguing whether or not someone had the right or they should kneel for the national anthem, as the situation with Colin Kaepernick um, and others, but led primarily by Colin Kaepernick back in what was it 2017? Is that right? And now it almost seems to be after listening to Goodell. Um, kind of make a statement. It sounds like it might be the default position of the NFL is to kneel. Now we got to defend someone's right to stand, potentially. So we got all these things. All these things going on out here. Welcome. Hope you had a great weekend. Um, You can email me your thoughts, questions, opinions, comments. Your adoration and praise will also be accepted. Todd at ToddFShow.com, Facebook.com. Uh, slash Todd Huff Show is where you can watch the program, hour number one live uh, or on demand, as long as our friends at Facebook let that be the case. And, of course, hour two at YouTube. Search YouTube for the Todd Huff Show, and you can check out hour number two, hour number two of the program there as well. So I want to start, gee, there's so many places to start here today, but I think I want to start with William Barr, 
Attorney General Bill Barr um, on Face the Nation talking about a lot of what we're dealing with as a nation, as it pertains to our law enforcement, as it pertains to racism, as it pertains to systemic racism in our law enforcement or systems uh, system of justice. And so he's asked about this on Face the Nation, and I want to play this 38-second soundbite here. And I think this is something that at least the people that I know and talk with about this would largely, largely agree with. So I want to play this, kind of use this as a jumping-off point here as we venture through this um, – through this difficult discussion today. So that being said, here's Attorney General William Barr on Face the Nation this weekend uh, answering a question about law enforcement, systemic racism in uh, law enforcement, police, and so forth. Um, Here it is. Do you believe there is systemic racism in law enforcement? I think there's racism in the United States still, but I don't think that the uh, law enforcement system is systemically racist. I understand the the distrust, however, of the African-American community, given the history in this country. Uh, I think we have to recognize that for most of our history, our institutions were explicitly racist. Since uh, the 1960s, I think we've been in a phase of reforming our institutions and making sure that they're in sync with our laws and aren't fighting a rear guard action to impose inequities. Okay. So in other words, in other words, Attorney General William Barr says that while there are certainly still racists, there is racism in this country, our systems are no longer inherently racist at one point at one point in americans america's history in fact even for the uh, the majority of america's history america's system of justice america's foundation america's background was was racist bill barr says no longer we've addressed these issues beginning Back in the 1960s, we've started to uh, go from a system that was racist to a system that was inherently just, our system now, but fully acknowledging that there are individual law enforcement officers, individual, I mean, people on the street, individual, heck, there's been politicians. Um, Again, this is where... This is where you'll hear someone like me say, as I've said on this program before, that there are people that you know no single group has with within its group of individuals, no single larger group is immune from having bad people in it or people with bad viewpoints. Maybe they have good viewpoints on certain things and atrocious viewpoints on the other. No group is immune from that. You'll find racists in any group. And no group is immune to that either, I should point out. I should point out that racism is something that exists um, while historically in this nation, the systemic racism has been uh, 
targeting black Americans. You can be – I know this is not popular in, in some of the, the circles, um, some of the circles in, in pop culture or media today. But racism can exist within any group of people, any racial group of people, any ethnic group of people. We can't excuse it in some forms and not in others. But to the larger point as it pertains here, racism existed in this country that was targeting or was uh, you know, focused on being racist against black Americans. There's, there's, not, there's not any, I guess, debate on that. The question is whether or not it is still that way today. And of course, folks like Black Lives Matter are out there saying that it is still systemically racist. Bill Barr is saying what he said here, which flies directly in the in the face of that. So I think a lot of, I'm guessing, again, I don't do focus groups. I don't do research and polling. I just tell you what, what I think and what resonates with me and, of course, what resonates with people that I'm largely encountering, of, of even of different political persuasions, different political persuasions. I think if they could get past the name Attorney General William Barr, if they could look at this objectively and take away you know, the, the tensions and the turmoil and the hatred for Trump and his administration and all that and just listen to the words, or you, if he you wrote these down on a sheet of paper and handed them, handed that sheet of paper to them, the vast majority of people that I know uh, and I presume that are listening to my voice right now on this program, whether it's radio, Facebook, or whatever the case, podcast. I think the vast majority of people agree with that. There are individual racists, uh, but there are not the, the systemic racism that existed in this nation is something that has been largely, by and large, addressed. Again, America is not perfect. No one's claiming that it is. And I think we can all agree that if there is or there are circumstances that are, you know, maybe the rest of us don't know about or fully comprehend and understand. We're certainly open to listening to those sorts of things. No one's, look, no one wants injustice. In fact, I was texting with a friend last night, and this is what I said. Injustice, injustice should make everyone upset. And I sincerely do understand that. I'm open to understanding if it's even more unjust than I can see. I'm open to that. That's just look. I'm open. I'm I'm open to you know being convinced of of certain things. Now, if it's an absolute truth, an issue of absolute truth, then not so much. I'm willing to still engage in dialogue with someone. And this doesn't fall into that category. I'm just simply for the state the sake of uh, discussion here. But I'm open to understanding things that I don't understand. And we're talking about. Law enforcement officers and departments across 50 states here, right? I mean, in all different communities, all different neighborhoods, different types of people in leadership, right? I mean, there's a, there's a vast, uh, vast majority, or I, I should say, vast array of, of of different types of folks out there. But so I'm open to under, uh, understanding that. But what I'm not open to is being you know, when folks think that they can lecture to me 
and say effectively that it's my it's my fault. It's my fault. Um, I think we've actually in this nation made tremendous progress overall in a a lot of areas. Other areas, and this is not pertaining to racism, but other areas we've actually uh, regressed. We've regressed with certain cultural or moral or ethical things, and I'll list abortion on that, although abortion, there's a, a Supreme Court ruling about that that we'll expect sometime this month that could that could change that potentially. But anyway, look, I, I think that I, I just I think that that's how the average American's looking at this. They also understand and respect what our law enforcement officers go through. They understand that just as every protester isn't a rioter, and if a protester who's peacefully protesting is being uh, lumped in with rioters and they're upset about that. That's also true that most officers are not racist abusers, and they don't want to be lumped in with people who are, whether racist, whether just abusive, using excessive force against any and all people, whatever the case may be. Officers don't want to be lumped in with those, uh, with those officers who are bad as well. And that, and that perspective is needed here. I mean, we actually now have a city council in the city of Minneapolis, Minnesota, that is openly, I read last night in the New York Times, that they have a veto-proof majority in their city-county council, or city council, I should say. Indianapolis has a a county council, a city-county council. At least it used to. I'm outside the suburbs here. But Minneapolis, Minneapolis um, apparently has a veto-proof majority to where even if the mayor is not on board with this, as he has, has been on record as saying he's not, totally defunding the police. They want to defund and dismantle the police, not just defund. They want to dismantle the police at a time when, I mean, you think what, what would have happened to the city of Minnesota had there been no law enforcement officers there protecting parts of the city or whatever they could of the city as some of the city was engulfed in, pl- in flames and was being looted, destroyed. See that they're wanting federal help for this? Over $55 million, I think is what it is, in damage to the city of Minneapolis. That's early estimates too, I believe. It'll probably be much higher than that is my guess. But anyway, so now we've got to get to, you know, we're, we're having a discussion here about this. Now we got to get to, now What? Now what is next, right? It's not just enough to tweet. It's just not enough to apologize 19 or 72 times like uh, Drew Brees is out there doing. It's not just enough to attack the president, as now Drew Brees is doing. Or I don't, at least blaming and putting pressure on the president. We'll say that. I have respect for Drew Brees, but I don't really, I, I think he's, um, you know, he he's realized that he is, created some massive uh, problems for himself here, and now he's trying to fix it through not just apologizing, but now, you know, ramping up his rhetoric against people like Trump, which we'll talk to as well. There's so many things to get into, so many avenues here today. But again, I wanted to start here with William Barr's comments because I think that these are reasonable comments. Um shared by most Americans and I think most most common sense Americans would say 
If there's a problem greater than I realize, happy to understand it, but it's not something that I am, you know, directly responsible for, although I'm on your side to fix this. Or we're on the side to, to try to get things taken care of and, 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 you know, on the right path and so forth. But dismantling the deplete, the police department is not is not a solution here. It's not a solution. So anyway, going to take a time out. You are listening here to the home of conservative, not better talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. So, um, again, lots of, oh, gee, lots of uh, stuff out there vying for our attention here as we navigate just um, the complexities of this issue, the complexities of this issue. Actually, someone had just shared with me on Facebook, asked me if I'd seen Terry Crews, an actor, Terry Crews' tweet about racism and some of the controversy that is, uh, I guess, uh, coming his way or some of the consequences and so forth of his tweet. I had not seen this. Terry Crews, this is what he tweets. Defeating white supremacy without white people creates black supremacy. Equality is the truth. Like it or not, we are all in this together. And, of course, people are responding to this. Um. I mean, there's just so so much to say here. There's also politicians now. You got politicians in the Republican Party, uh, not just politicians. Some some more, uh, you know, folks that have been associated with, say, past administrations. For example, um, Colin Powell, part of President George W. Bush's administration, Mitt Romney, are now on record saying that they're not going to support President Trump in 2020. Um, I guess, I don't know, there's a de facto vote for Biden. Are they going to write someone else in? We got this, this is kind of like never Trump movement all over again. But there's, th- this is, this has blossomed into, you know, all different areas, all different areas of culture and society here. But again, I think rational people, reasonable people understand um, that, you know, take, take again, the original case here, which was George, George Floyd and what happened. I think average, ordinary, common sense Americans see that they have a problem with that. And then in that case, remember this was start, this, this whole movement started as justice for George Floyd. Now, the problem now is, I mean, it's it's past that. And then this is a genuinely sincere question. And we might have some, we might have an individual or maybe even a couple on here to talk about some of these things. But one of the things I would like to know sincerely is now what? I mean, the four people, the four officers that were involved, either directly or indirectly, I suppose, depending on how, how you look at it. And I'm not trying to excuse, but there was one uh, officer who was uh, kneeling on the back of George Floyd's neck, neck back area, side of his neck, back of his neck, 
and there were other officers that were there um, who had been charged as accessories. But the folks that are involved are now all have all been arrested, have all been charged. Their bail has been set at up to up to a million dollars or near near a million dollars, I think. And so, I mean, this is what justice looks like in the United States of America. This is our justice system. And so my question would be, now what? Now what we have, we have the attention. You have the attention, the full attention of the American people now about this issue. Black Lives Matter. Now, now what? What do we do now? What are you suggesting? We're here to listen. We, no one here, no one that I know wants there to be um, injustice towards any person, any single person. That includes every single black American. Yes, we agree that black lives do matter. We, we agree with that. I, again, I know some people might respond and say all lives matter, to which I say, you know, if, if you can't say all lives matter in a nation and people agree with that, then there's a problem. But okay, let's just take that off the table even and say we agree that – I mean by making the statement all lives matter, de facto you're saying black lives matter. I know even though they want to spin it to where they say I'm not saying that because apparently by not saying the words black lives matter specifically, uh, I am not uh, – I'm, I'm minimizing their movement or someone would be minimizing their movement. That's of course – not how those of us who see this or who say the words all lives matter look at that at all. We think, yes, black lives matter, but not just black lives matter. All lives matter. Life matters. Conservative, especially constitutional conservative Christians uh, or you know, even those who are just constitutional conservatives, we stand firmly on the side of life. We are pro-life. I mean, that's that's part of what we are. We also understand that law enforcement officers, this hasn't been discussed much, but I mean, look, if, if you're enforcing the law and you're uh, the person that you're apprehending, and I'm not suggesting this happened with, with George Floyd, so that's not what's happening, what happened there, but I'm just saying in the larger context of what happens next, how do we navigate this? What does this look like? You have to give officers the right to protect themselves. You have to. We don't want to see law enforcement officers attacked, killed, threatened, seeing their families threatened. All these things, by the way, are happening right before – I don't know if they're happening before our eyes because it's not being covered very well by the media. But this is something that absolutely is happening. And so that needs to be part of this conversation too. I mean unless they're suggesting that law enforcement should never be able – to respond with force when someone um, assaults them or has a weapon or whatever the case may be, resists and, and creates a um, a direct threat to you know for for great bodily harm or death for the officer involved in the altercation. I mean, unless we're prepared to say that you're not allowed to defend yourself, which maybe some people are, I'm not. I'm not. In fact, there's been an article circulating. I saw it a couple of times yesterday. I might reference it where people uh, – where this particular writer – this was written – if the date was right, it was written before, long before um, this situation with George Floyd. I think the date was January 1st, but 
the question in this piece is effectively what do we expect of our law enforcement because we can't expect um, we can't expect them to be perfect and flawless human beings and go from being counselors to being warriors who are I can read it but basically you know going from being sensitive counselors one second and being effectively Navy SEALs dealing with a crisis or a school shooting the next and, you know, storming the the barricades, risking life and limb uh, to prevent more carnage from a school shooter or whatever the case may be. And then back to someone who's able to speak with, you know, fluidly um, before the cameras who never uh, you know, never says anything that embarrasses the brass in the administration or the uh, the 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 department, so to speak. So there's all there's all a variety of things that this opens up. But again, my question still to folks who are uh, saying that change needs to take place. My question is, okay, now now what? That's a sincere question. Now what? What do you want next? Because if it involves reparations, if it involves the dismantling of police forces, or at least the defunding of police forces, which we're now we're seeing a, a movement towards that around this country, a lot of us are shaking our heads and scratching our heads thinking, now how in the world, how in the world are you expecting that to be the solution? A lot of us are scratching our heads or probably shaking our heads no in, in disagreement because there is still crime in this country. There are still cases where criminal activity takes place, and having police be able to do less. I'm look. I'm not saying that budget should just increase, or that you know that there's no uh, room for for trimming fat. I don't. I mean, that's for local communities and cities to decide their own uh, their own departments. But the idea that you're going to create more safety in this in this nation by Seriously transforming, dismantling, defunding law enforcement organizations seems like crazy talk to me, and I think to most of you as well. And I'm going to take a time out, come back and continue this discussion. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. All right. Look, so so many areas or so many different directions that this conversation can go. And um, Oz had sent me this. I hadn't seen this either. thought I did my job thoroughly preparing, but apparently I did not. There are a couple of things I did not see here this morning. But this – who out there, raise your hand if you know who Benjamin Watson is. Appreciate – you can put your hands down. Benjamin Watson is, I think, former. I think he retired. I'm not 100% sure, but we think he's retired. I didn't have time to look during the break, but uh, retired, I think, tight end in the NFL. He's played for the Patriots. He's played for the Saints. I'm almost certain he was a teammate with with Drew Brees uh, in New Orleans. He's on CNN. Brooke, I can't can't think of her last name. He's in an interview with uh, Brooke. I can't think. Do you know her last name, Oz? I just can't think of it either. What is it? I'll look it up. Oh, she's looking it up. So he's on an interview with 
with Brooke, and we're not trying to be disrespectful, but Brooke, I just I can't think of the, your last name at the moment. But Benjamin Watson, sitting here in a side-by-side split-screen interview on CNN, talking about this, talking about the issue, issue of racism. Now, this is um, – Benjamin Watson, I should point out, is a very outspoken, committed Christian man. And so he talks about racism through a, a lens that's not normally discussed. But Brick Baldwin, I thought it was Baldwin. Didn't I thought maybe I was making that up in my mind, thinking of Alec Baldwin. <laughs> one of my one of my friends' favorite Alec Baldwin moments is when Alec Baldwin filled in as a talk show host and kept asking if someone was on the phones, and no one was on the phones. Should we go to the phones? Uh, no one's there, Alec. Oh, great. What about now? Can we go to the phones? See what people are asking. Alec, no one's still on the phones, man. You're going to have to talk. That's the idea of a talk show. But anyway, Brooke Baldwin, Benjamin Watson had this exchange. And at the end of this exchange, at the end of this exchange, it actually, the video feed is not funny because, I mean, I share a faith with Benjamin Watson. I'm just, it's just amazing to me. At the end of this exchange, they lose Benjamin Watson. I mean, it just coincidentally, right at the end as he was saying these things at CNN, I mean, producers are probably freaking out of their minds. They're probably flipping out in there, and they just pulled the plug here on Benjamin Watson. But listen to what Benjamin Watson has to say. Very important perspective, one that I actually happen to agree with. Listen to what he says. We are definitely making progress, but I think on an individual, on a, uh, on a micro level, the issue is not really skin. The issue is sin. And I, I firmly believe that the issue is that internally we are flawed. Internally, we need salvation from our sin. Internally, our sin makes us prideful. It makes us judgmental. It makes us prejudiced, which leads to racism. It makes us lash out at people that don't look like us. It makes us look past, look past evidence to protect people that look like us. It, it makes us do all those things. It makes us lash out in anger. It makes us point finger. It, 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 it makes wow. us, our sin that's in us makes us do those things. And the only, the only salvation for this sin is the gospel. The only way to really cure that what's on the inside is understanding that Jesus Christ died for our sins. And so th- to me, on a micro level, it's understanding. It. So, and just like that, we lost him. We- <laughs> oh, oh, you should see this. Oh. Just like, I don't know how we lost him. I don't know how that happened. He's out here talking, giving the gospel on CNN. We cannot have that. No, we're for free speech unless you're going to talk about the gospel. Gee whiz, if you're going to talk about Jesus, you're going to talk about sin, you're going to say that something besides Donald Trump or conservatives or white people or the, you know, just in general, were born inherently racist. You've seen this, right? People actually asked this question are all white people uh, are all white people racist now i will say all white people are sinners and i'll also add to that may get pushed back from this but so are all black people and so are all asians and so are all you fill in the blank doesn't matter and that's what benjamin watson's saying here and it was a heck of a coincidence oh she just we lost our feed it's amazing too how quickly she 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 saw this she realized it I, I I mean, I'm telling you, there, there's the, the cynical side of me thinks that someone in her ear is saying, look, we can't, we're pulling the plug on this dude. We can't listen to this. We can't have this out on our airwaves. We can't have this being said with the CNN logo down in the 
bottom right-hand corner of the screen, right under Benjamin Watson. We can't have this. We can't have this, and we don't want you to be fighting. It's not a very good, not very good optics for Brooke Baldwin to be fighting and pushing back with a black guest who's trying to talk about his perspectives on the roots of racism. You can't have that. So let's pull the plug on this guy. Poof. He's gone. Issue gone. But they learned they learned this quicker than any other you know, you've seen. You've seen back and forth if audio feeds are not firmly established or you know, video feeds are not if they're sporadic, you sometimes the, the, the person hosting the program doesn't doesn't know. There's an awkward pause. Benjamin, can you hear me? Are you there, Benjamin? Did we lose him? That sort of thing. Nope. She knew instant instantaneously. And I'll tell you what. Again, the cynical side of me, I can't not prove this, but cynical side of me says she's been told in her ear, hey, we pulled him, move on to the next segment. Get out of here. We don't want to we want to be out of this discussion, conversation about sin being involved with this, about the need for Jesus Christ to be, uh, you know, he, he holding the solution. We don't want to talk about that on CNN. We got some Trump bashing to do. We got some Republican bashing to do. We need to talk about Mitt Romney voting for whoever. I don't know. Fill in, fill in the blank here. We got to talk about that stuff. We can't talk about sin being the root cause. We can't have people hearing that, repenting, realizing that they serve another savior. They serve they can serve a savior or, you know, be saved from their sins by God and that government's no longer necessary to be their savior. We can't have people thinking that. It's where we derive our power and authority. Get that guy pulled. Pull the plug on that guy. Anyway. I tell you what, gotta take a time out here. <laughs> Come back and continue this discussion. Look, I know it's this this can be intense, this can be heavy, this is creating discomfort between people in and even in a bad way. You know, there's sometimes there's a good discomfort to say, hey, discomfort makes us take actions to fix problems. I get that. But if it gets so much to the point to where, you know, I mean I, I know for some folks it's 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 difficult. Difficult for you know, to to get along or to people don't know how to address this issue of of race and even in the workplace. Just trying to reach out to people, uh, you you know, have black coworkers or friends, not knowing exactly what to say, or you want them to know that you want to understand, but afraid if you say the wrong thing, you're going to get you know publicly attacked and scrutinized. Just this, it's uncomfortable for folks. Anyway, then we got this kind of stuff. Makes me laugh. It's not funny because Benjamin Watson's exactly right. Jesus holds the answer. But it's just cra- crazy to me to watch how they do this stuff and act like they're completely uh, all about, you know, letting people share their viewpoints, free speech, freedom of religion. Up, oh, we lost Benjamin Watson there. No idea. Just got to get to a commercial. Got to gotta wash my ears out. Got to pretend I don't know brick ball. Well, I'm just talking about CNN at large, what they stand for. CNN metaphorically has to wash their ears out after hearing this. Actually, not wash it out. Fill it with dirt and mud. But anyway, fill their ears with dirt and mud. I got to take a time out. Continue this conversation. Difficult topics here, uh, but important. And we'll continue this when we get back. Sit tight. Be back in just a minute. Welcome 
Welcome back. This happened on Tuesday. Why am I just learning about this this morning? You know, we're, we'll talk, and we'll talk next hour. We'll talk next hour about some of the stated plans by the left to, what, defund or in some places like Minneapolis, completely dismantle. This will be. This is the new political movement, by the way, dismantling and defunding police. This is this is going to be met with applause from uh, elitist liberal circles. This is, of course, the solution: defunding police, dismantling them. And you may think, what are we going to do? What are we going to do without police, or at least without a police um, organization that has enough? resources to manage problems and crime in a city. Well, have you considered have you considered emo- emotional support llamas? Have you considered I'm just throwing this out there. I mean, this is this is something I've seen in knews.com. Emotional support llama participates in Portland protest march. Of course it's Portland. Portland. I told Oz here, it's either Portland or San Francisco. Either way, I knew it had to be a place like that. The llama named Caesar joined the peaceful protest as a morale booster, his owner says, and delighted participants. Participants in Portland, Oregon, in a Portland, Oregon Black Lives Matter protest in March were comforted to see one participant's emotional support llama joining the demonstration, the Sun reports. Named Caesar, the Portland area support animal and Llama activist, also known as a therapy llama, has been hailed online as the no-drama llama after joining the March Tuesday. Others, according to the Sun reports, called the five or the furry five-year-old creature a morale booster. The Sun quoted resident Caitlin Reeser, who attended the peaceful protest march, and said of the support llama, everyone seemed really happy to have him there. Even those who were confused by his presence. Why would that confuse? Why would that confuse you? If you live in Portland, Oregon, I'm just going to tell you. If you live in Portland and you see a llama down the street, that shouldn't confuse you. You should not be confused at all to see llamas roaming the streets in Portland, Oregon. Emotional support animal, animal shouldn't be confused by this at all. In fact, I would suggest that that's probably one of the. I don't know, least strange things you might see happening in the city of Portland, Oregon. It says he was definitely a good morale booster. Anyway, I think that maybe for the folks that are looking to defund and dismantle police forces, they should look into having a team of no-drama llamas running around. That'll probably make people smile, probably will decrease crime. I mean, why not? Why not? Maybe while they're looking for the no-drama llama, they should try to find a couple of unicorns to put out there as well. Anyway, long in the segment. i got to take a timeout. Just wanted to have a little lighthearted fun here. <laughs> and I know this is heavy, heavy stuff, um, but we still maintain our sense of humor and can talk about silly things like, you should see this thing. This thing looks exactly like what you expect. This, I mean, I know you look, but this is exactly what you would expect. A bunch of people back here. Uh, with masks and, you know, black clothes and so forth. And you got this stinking llama just chilling out in the middle of the streets. And the, the no drama llama. Anyway, got to take a time out here listening here to the home of conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute.
Welcome back. I just, I needed to know about this llama sooner. I mean, listen to this. <laughs> this is someone who attended the protest. Everyone was immediately all smiles as soon as they saw him galloping past. <laughs> galloping past. Everyone, <laughs> everyone was shocked there was a llama. Like, again, I can't imagine why, especially in Portland, Oregon. But you could definitely feel the positive vibe he brought to the crowd, said Nikaicha Den, who attended Tuesday's peaceful gathering. Again, I, I submit this idea for those who are thinking it's time to dismantle and defund our police department. Maybe we should look into teams of llamas. In fact, my daughter, one of my daughters, drew a picture, and the pictures included llamas some time ago. Of course, they also included rainbows and sparkles and glitter coming off. Actually, pretty good, very colorful. One of my daughters, I'm telling you, is just seeing the world through her eyes is quite a quite an enjoyable treat but nonetheless um she she didn't even consider llamas as police law enforcement partners but anyway hour number two on youtube here in just a minute thanks for listening guys sdg see you in a few